0: Hi, I'm Daniel Eccles, and this is The Opportunity Collective, a network that's helping faithful creators like yourself collaborate to create more opportunities and live purpose-driven lives. On this podcast, I talk to other faithful creators, and we showcase how to collaborate in real time. The goal is collaboration over competition, and we want to create more opportunities for ourselves, but more importantly, for other people. So welcome to the Opportunity Collective. It's not hyperbole when I say that this episode with Jordan Raynor is one of the most important conversations that we as faithful creators could be having right now. The sacredness of secular work. His new book coming out is one of the books that I'm going to be giving away to people. It's on like continual reads, it is so good. And this conversation that I have with Jordan is so good. You are going to love it. I don't want to take away from it. Just stick around, listen to this. There's also some great opportunities at the end. You could even win a trip to France for two after listening to this podcast. So, hey, finish this episode, go to the end. Here is Jordan Rayner on the sacredness of secular work. Well, Jordan, thanks for coming on to the Opportunity Collective. Welcome to the Opportunity Collective. If you're on the podcast, I just adopt you as a member of the collective yourself. So I love it. (laughs) Here you are. You're a member, whether you agreed to it or not. So congratulations. That's quite the
1: trick. Yeah, that's that's really smart. (laughs) I like that.
0: Yeah, there there you go. But I'm so pleased to, to get to talk to you as I was telling you a little bit before. What a, a timely subject! You talk a lot about faith and work, and that there is meaning beyond just the Great Commission. By you know, our work means much more than just being money that we get to to provide for our families and and maybe give a little bit generously or to evangelize things along those lines. But before we get into all of that, introduce yourself to listeners. Introduce yep. them to. What you do, but most importantly, what is important to know about Jordan?
1: What's important to know about Jordan? Number one, I it is a miracle that I've been redeemed by Jesus Christ. I I, I think it's a miracle that any of us have been redeemed by Jesus Christ. So I think that's number one. Personally, I live in Tampa, Florida, which is truly one of the greatest cities in the world. I did not sell my city hard 10 years ago, but I sell it real hard today. I live here with my wife, Kara, and our three young daughters, Ellison, who's nine, Kate, who's seven, and Emery, who we adopted at birth four years ago. Professionally, I've actually spent the vast majority of my career as a tech entrepreneur. I still have a foot in mm-hmm. that world. and But today, I spend most of my time creating content that helps Christians see how their work matters for eternity. And Dan, you already touched on this, but you know when when I, t- when I tell somebody that their job as an entrepreneur or a musician or a teacher matters for eternity, the uh, al- almost a hundred percent of the time, the typical response is, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Like I get that. My job is my mission field. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sure. That is, of course, gloriously true. But if the only way that our work matters for eternity is because we get to leverage our jobs to the instrumental end of sharing the gospel, then most of us are wasting the vast majority of our time. And I don't know about you, but like I find that deeply depressing. But more importantly, it's deeply unbiblical. And so what's important to know about me is that I want you, listener, to understand how every moment of your life, matters for eternity. How every Zoom meeting you lead, how every Uber you drive, how every diaper you change has the potential to, in the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 1558, not be in vain. And that's why I create the content I'm creating, including this new book, The Sacredness of Secular Work, to help believers see how 100% of their time at work can matter for eternity, even when they're not sharing the gospel.
0: Uh, Yeah. Well, one of the things that I heard recently from somebody else that uh, is a part of the Opportunity Collective, they growing uh, up always felt uh, just a desire to become an illustrator and an animator. Uh, And they wanted to do that. Then they had a radical conversion to Christianity in high school. And uh, instead of pursuing that, went into ministry because they were told that being an illustrator or an animator would not be to glorify God. So, tale as old as
1: time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tragically. Tragic. Um, and, and super Actually, it's sad. not tale as old as time. It's tale as old as 200 years ago, because this is brand new in church mm-hmm. history, by the way. Yeah, go, okay.
0: Follow, let's follow that path. Tell us a little bit about how that that is maybe an, a newer thing.
1: Yeah, so I give tons of evidence of this in the sacredness of secular work by quoting... Some uber, uber conservative people. Let me, let me pull this up real quick. This is the very conservative members of the Baptist Southeastern Theological Seminary mm-hmm. who say this. Before at least the 17th century, the Great Commission, Jesus' call to save souls and make disciples, was, quote, largely ignored When discussing the church's missional assignment end quote. Uh. 400 years ago, Christians never interpreted the call to make disciples as the exclusive call of a Christian's life. And how do we get here? I don't know. I think one of the reasons is the label that we've attached to that term great commission, right? But let's not forget that term isn't in the Bible. It's a man made heading That didn't even show up until the late 1800s when Hudson Taylor was trying to recruit people to be missionaries in China. The term Great Commission is not a part of the inerrant word of God. It's the catchiest marketing slogan of the modern missions movement. Now, the command itself, that's a different story. Hudson Taylor was right when he said that the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. But here's this funny, Daniel. It's not funny. It's sad. Ironically, by treating the Great Commission as the only commission, we're becoming less effective at the Great Commission because you know who's going to be most effective at making disciples in this post-Christian context? Not donor-supported missionaries, but the guy in the collective who wanted to be an illustrator who went to marvel and made disciples there because the fastest growing religious affiliation in America today is no religious affiliation right? The lost are not darkening the door of a church to learn about Jesus for the first time. So they're going to hear the good news of Jesus Christ working shoulder to shoulder with other mere Christians. We're just going to work and doing that work with excellence and love. And yes, sometimes explicitly pointing to their savior, man. So this is like so brand new in church history and it pains me so much because Jesus followers are sitting in the pews every Sunday, feeling like second class Christians. When in fact, I would argue they're on team varsity and the role of the clergy is to equip the saints and equip the varsity team to go out and do the real work of ministry rant over. That's, that's, that's that's all I got
0: yeah for sure and and steve will probably hate that i'm bringing him up so much in this he's a very humble guy but he is illustrating now i love you that is the work that he is doing and it's beautiful and has lasting effects for the kingdom beyond evangelizing or beyond giving him some income for tithe um some of the things that his work is doing is the writing that goes along with his illustrations are usually about uh, mental health and are about bringing whole and sharing his story through that. What lasting effects to to bring health and and support to other people that are are feeling hopeless during that? That's meaningful yes. meaningful work that could not happen.
1: But let's let's go le- let's go level like it, that's exactly right. But let's go a level deeper. Let's talk about my friend, Ole Kirk Christensen, not a friend, founder of Lego, right? Mm -hmm. Founder of Lego wasn't changing the world. He was making plastic bricks, very serious Jesus follower, and everybody around him told him, Ole, you're wasting your time. What are you doing? This isn't useful. But Ole understood the truth that I'm expounding upon in the sacredness of secular work, that before God tells us that he is holy or loving or omnipotent, he is a God who creates. Literally the first verb in the Bible. And then when we get to Genesis one twenty six, where it says, hey, let us make mankind in our image. We basically know one thing about the image of God. It's that he's a God who creates. And so that will be embedded into our DNA. It's so awesome. I love that Steve is, 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 is writing these stories, showing the pains of redemption and mental health. That's beautiful and very important work. But so is making a Lego brick because yeah. – we are creating out of joy in the image of a creator God who doesn't need to create, but does it for the pure bliss of creation. Mm,
0: yeah, I love that too. And, and there are so many different people that are, are creatives and are, are doing things with with music, animation, podcasters, but also business owners that being a real estate agent – in the same way. I mean, what an important job to literally provide home for people and community. And that will be a place where community is built, where family is taken care of. That is meaningful too. I like to say that there are, are two sides to this. Maybe you've, you've heard when it comes to finances, you're either a spender or a saver based off the, the creation story. I think that a lot of times we either tend to lean either towards being a creator or a steward. <laughs> And we're mm. we're called to both. Mm. So we're called to both to rule and to create and to subdue the earth. And there's both creation and stewardship within that. So and all of that is is meaningful in who we were created by and and for to do. So yeah, you're- I, I love that. One of the things that I really enjoyed in in your book, Sacredness Secular Work, was the the word in Greek ergon. And yeah. that, diving into that, because one of the reasons I, I founded this Opportunity Collective was based off of my favorite verse, uh, is Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good works. And that good works is ergon. Am I pronouncing that yeah. correctly? I put I, I yeah, Greek yeah. in college. I, I pronounce it but...
1: ergon. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, ergon. <laughs> like, sure. I'm pretty sure E-R-G-O-N. I got a C. E-R-G-O-N.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty sure i got to see in that in that one in college but <laughs> what was meaningful to me about that was that a lot of times i can read that that good works as uh oh that must be spiritual works that must be all of these these things like prayer or evangelizing or other things like that and that is the reason but they're is actually career vocation like we were created and let's encourage one another towards both love and that community and the communion with God and one another, but then also to good works, to the things that God has created for us to do in advance. So yep. why is it important though, then if you can expound a little bit more upon that, that we yep. are are learning how to do that. The good works is more than just the, the spirituality.
1: Yeah, this is so good. So that Greek word, ergon, is the word that Paul uses in Jesus uses over and over and over again. Ephesians two ten says, "For we are God's handy created in Christ Jesus, i.e., saved, i.e., redeemed." Why, Paul? What's the purpose of our salvation? To do Aragon good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And to your point, Daniel, we hear this preached typically. Pastors imply, and a lot of times explicitly say that those good works are exclusively spiritual, quote unquote. Tasks, mm-hmm. like evangelism, like prayer, but that word, according to every biblical concordance I have ever read, and I've read a lot of them, literally means work, task, and employment. But here's the problem. The gospel we preach in our churches today is what I would call an abridged version of mm. the gospel. It starts in Genesis 3 and ends at Easter. We sinned. Jesus came to save us from our sins, right? And the abridged gospel, every word of that is gloriously true, but it's tragically incomplete. It says a lot about what Jesus has saved us from, but says nothing about what Jesus has saved us for. And if you want to understand what Paul's talking about in Ephesians 2.10 and get a broader understanding of good works that goes beyond spiritual tasks, you got to start your preaching of the gospel in Genesis one. With the first commission, realizing that God's first gift to humanity was work, task, and employment. Error gone, right? And there's this lie running around the church today that says that somehow the great commission has supplanted or replaced the first commission in Genesis 1. That's a lie. Turn your Bibles to Genesis 3 and then to Genesis 9. Noah and family get off of the ark after sin has entered the world. And what does God tell them? be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth i e make culture you and i in the present have a dual vocation the call to make disciples in the great commission and still the first commission to earn gone and make culture to engage with this material world not just the quote unquote spiritual realm for the glory of god for the good of others and for our joy the problem is i would argue 90 8% of evangelicalism emphasizes the Great Commission at the expense of the first. We talk almost nothing about the first, mm-hmm. only about the great. And listen, there's like deep roots to this, right? This is really platonic thought. We have fallen for the way that the world thinks about this world. We, we mm-hmm. say that the spiritual realm is the only thing that matters. The material world is going to hell in a handbasket. That's to accuse God of failure. Because yeah. in Genesis one thirty one, he called this whole thing very good. Genesis mm. 3, Satan broke everything of God's good world. And so if the Redeemer does not come to make God's blessings flow far as the curse is found, spiritual and material, then God has failed. But he hasn't because Christ's resurrection was mm. sufficient to redeem the spiritual realm of souls and the material world. And here's what that means for our listeners practically today. If Jesus's blood was sufficient to cover my soul and the material world, then my work with the material world must matter Mm -hmm. greatly to God. The work with the material world I do of planting a garden of brewing a beer and typing on MacBooks made from the aluminum of this earth has eternal value to God because Jesus's eternal blood paid the price to redeem it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So it's so much more meaningful to me to have it all in its context, to have both the original commission and the great commission together. I like that idea of the abridged gospel and that we're missing some of those pieces. And as I continue to to just do the work that I'm doing, it's just a lot more hopeful for me to think, Oh, some of this might last into the kingdom. I can continue to do the stuff that I'm doing now for eternity, potentially, so that is way more hopeful than the things that I'm doing right now are just eventually all going to be destroyed and are, are meaningless. And why even even do it in the first place if it's not you know missions work or pastoral work? Which
1: so yeah, yeah. If you want, if you want to look at one passage of scripture that's particularly encouraging for your crew here, Daniel. Mm -hmm. And and a symbol of how the work matters beyond evangelism. Look at Isaiah chapter 60. It's this beautiful prophetic vision of the new earth. And -hmm. Isaiah is watching the nations come into the new Jerusalem, but they're not coming empty handed. They are bringing with them what Isaiah calls the wealth of the nations. John, Revelation 21, John gives it a parallel vision, calls them the glory of the nations. What's the glory of the nations? They're ships Mm
0: -hmm. built by
1: the nation of Tarshish. And guess what? We don't have any evidence that there were crosses on the ships of Tarshish. John three 16 wasn't written yet. It wasn't engraved in the ships of Tarshish. The ships of Tarshish apparently was just an amazing cultural good. And we're watching King Jesus welcome that physical resurrected cultural good of a ship into the new Jerusalem for all of eternity. And the implication, of course, is mind boggling. It suggests yeah. That somehow there is a chance of our work, the product you're building, the book that you're writing, the truck that you're repairing, the house that you're building, literally and physically lasting onto the new earth. It's mind-boggling. I go way deeper on this than the sacredness of secular work. But if you want Mm -hmm. to just sit with one passage, go hang out with Isaiah 60 for a little bit.
0: That's great. Yeah. And on that note, the sacredness of secular work, I've already pre ordered a couple, and I will be after this episode giving a couple away to the Opportunity Collective, too. So check on the Instagram and make sure that if you're listening, that you hopefully can uh, get one of those copies. And if not, I encourage you to, to go over to Amazon or wherever it is and get your own copy because this is just one of those books that I am going to just be passing out to people because I think. It's a, a meaningful subject that really brings a lot of hope. So uh, that is I it, one man. way that I, I think that you can help uh, the Opportunity Collective. But are there any other skills, resources, products? Because oh, hello.
1: <laughs> Who do we have? This here? is Emery. Hey, Emery. This is Emery. Emery, can you wave to my friend Daniel? This is what happens when you forget to turn the green light at the bottom of the stairs with access to the home office onto the red light. Hey, give me one second here. No worries. I'm going to be downstairs in just a second, okay? Go downstairs. I love you. Thanks for saying Is that for me? Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. I love it. Hey, by the way. What did you get? You want a case study? You want a case study of what I'm talking about in the book? So check this out. Emery made me this beautiful painting. Proponents of the abridged gospel who say that the only two things that last for eternity are God's word and people and everything else is going to burn up. Is the equivalent of, of saying that all these beautiful things that my kids make for me, I'm going to destroy in the end. Parents, human parents don't do that. Is that what we expect from a perfect heavenly father who asked us to create good things in the beginning? I yeah. really think going to be, he's going to burn all that stuff up? No way, bro. Mm. No way. It's not in his well, character. It's not my well, character. It's certainly not in his character.
0: If we believe that, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more so our Heavenly Father, if he gives us those good gifts too, and Amen. then he just goes around and destroys them after, he gives them to us, well, that's cruel.
1: Doesn't make that'd, any sense. That'd be terrible. On God's character. Uh, hey, Daniel, your, que- your question was, how else could I serve this uh,
0: yes. Yes, what other ways just would you be excited to collaborate yeah. with other faithful creators?
1: Yeah. Man, I'll give I'll give you one. So, we're always looking for great guests who are thinking deeply about how the unabridged gospel shapes the work they do Monday through Friday. So, I host a weekly podcast called the Mere Christians podcast that we distribute to about 150,000 people around the world and very diverse vocationally. We're about to have my buddy Mike Mayhack On who's a comic book artist for Marvel, doing all the Spider-Man comics right now. Uh, We've had Dr. Francis Collins, who's the head of the National Institutes of Health. We've had my friend artie Sequera, who's on the Food Network Mm -hmm. as a chef. Right, very diverse vocationally. What these friends share is a desire to honor Christ in a distinct way in whatever it is that they're doing vocationally. And so, if you're listening to this, I think I got something to say about that. Like, I'd love to go deep on, I don't know how common grace shapes how I work with non-Christians, or I'd love to go deep on what justice looks like practically in the real estate industry. I don't know what it is. Let me know at and We'd love to collaborate and make it an episode together.
0: I love that. Yeah, it's been really fun to listen to some of those different episodes from the the governor of was it North or South Dakota?
1: North yeah, the, the, Dakota. the mayor of Sioux the mayor of yes, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Sioux that guy Falls was South awesome. Dakota. He was yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yes, um, he was so good.
0: And even yeah. you were you were doing a, a little series to the the creator of Lego and imagining yes. what those kind of conversations would be like. Um, yes when in eternity you can have a uh, podcast conversations in, in That's the right. and then you have it a new earth with That's those right. kind of people. So just getting a taste for what, for what that will be like. Um, That's that right—that would be exciting. I I don't think that my job as a pastor will, will last into eternity because there's probably no need for anybody to have uh, help communing with God. So I'll, I'll just be podcasting.
1: Uh. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But you got transferable skills, man. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, you know what? Even though people have a hard time with this, Especially full-time stay-at-home dads or moms. And man, I don't know what I'm going to be doing for eternity. Here's what I can guarantee: Promise from God that you could take to the bank. Isaiah 65:22, on the new earth, verse 17 says, "See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. Skip down to 22, and my chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands, and they will not labor in vain." I don't know what your eternal vocation is, right? But I can guarantee that it will be perfect joy, Sabbath-like restful mm-hmm. work. For billions and billions of years. That sounds way more fun than endless harps and hammocks to me. Yeah. To God's greater glory.
0: Very much so. Yeah. I even, as I was reading the book. I asked everybody on my staff what their internal job is going to be because I don't think that your pastoral jobs would <laughs> will be available. So what are you going to do? And it, it was exciting. We have a, a vineyard with a, a bed and breakfast on it, and somebody is going to be baking all of the baked goods for the bed and breakfast. Oh, my gosh. And that sounds amazing. So the, catch, us, catch us in the new heaven, new earth, you know?
1: <laughs> That's right. Come on over. That's right. Catch us after the jump. Hey, to that end, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this here. You already kindly told everyone to go buy a book. I'll give you an extra incentive. Uh, So the the primary reason to do it is, hey, I I really think this is going to make you fully alive in the 40 to 50 hours a week you're spending uh, Mm -hmm. at work. But you and I were just talking about our eternal vocation, Isaiah 65, where it says that we will plant vineyards and eat their fruit, build houses and dwell in them. Revelation 22, 5 says we're going to reign forever and ever with Christ So if you order The Sacredness of Secular Work before February 3rd on Amazon, wherever books are sold, and then go to JordanRainer.com, you can enter to win this epic trip we're giving away for two people to go to France for a week to rehearse that eternal vocation of ruling and working with King Jesus. So we're going to send you to a castle to practice Revelation 22.5 of reigning forever and ever with Christ. You're going to go to the Champagne wine region of France to, quote, plant vineyards and eat their fruit, end quote, see Isaiah 65. And then we're going to send you to the Chartres Cathedral that was built at a time where the church actually understood the sacredness of secular work. Mm. And this cathedral in the stained glass has dozens and dozens of quote-unquote secular vocations, this Uh. physical reminder that your vocation today is very sacred. So you can enter to win the trip right now at jordanrainer.com. And man, it'd be awesome if somebody from this show won that trip. Oh gosh, Then I'm, I'm going to hang out with them at dinner, which would be fun.
0: I'm a little remiss, Jordan, because I bought like <laughs> three pre orders to maximize my entries. That's uh, <laughs> awesome.
1: Come on. That's awesome. I'm like, I want to go. I love it.
0: I'm like, I'm going to go hang out with Jordan for dinner. Oh, in Paris. Man. <laughs> yeah, buddy. It's going to be so, awesome. I don't know. I might get edited out. Uh, I don't want other people to. That... I <laughs> love it. I love it. Nah, no, nah, that'll, that'll be in there. What it would be super fun to, to see some, some of the wonderful folks that I get to collaborate with all the time and see some of the, their faces and their Instagram posts and things. So that'd be <laughs> awesome. So go ahead, go everybody. I think it's a maximum of, of three entries. Yeah, you buy three vote. copies,
1: you get three chances to win, which based on the data we got right now, gives you a better chance than like 90% of people on right. this trip so but oh. yeah it's it's gonna be pretty
0: fun all right well there you go so go ahead jordan how can people connect with you where are the places that they they can go to to reach out you mentioned emailing you but what are yeah. all the the places they should yeah, go the, to collaborate the,
1: the best place for all the things including details on this trip and the sacredness of secular work and a bunch of free content and where you can contact me about getting on the podcast is jordanraynor.com j-o-r-d-a-n rayno com. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you. I, I so appreciate it. It's been fun to to get to chat about these things and yeah listeners we so appreciate you we are looking forward to seeing what you do and your work is meaningful and can last and have lasting effects on on the kingdom not just your your checkbook but for the glory of god for for our good and for god's glory something that i saw recently that i'm really enjoying so but until then we're just going to continue to collaborate instead of compete and we're going to create more opportunities for more people. Thanks.